Welcome back to another season of the Lions College Football Podcast. I'm Brett Gibbons with thelines.com, and this year, I am joined by that man over there, Kelly Ford of K-Ford Ratings. Kelly, how are you doing? I'm doing well, Brett. I'm excited to be here, excited to be part of the team at thelines.com and doing the podcast with you this year. It's going to be a lot of fun. We've done a few previews already, so we just keep them rolling here, and uh, college football season's got to be here before we know it, um, getting everyone all ready for it. Yeah, and today we're going to go over the Mountain West. It's an interesting league, I think, with a lot of prowess at the top. We're not going to go over every single team. We're going to kind of touch on the top and some of the bets that I have made. Um, Kelly's going to assess them. He's not going to give out bets himself, uh, working for the Horizon League over there. But he can give context and give numbers. And hopefully, everyone listening here can take away some actionable nuggets of information. But let's just dive right into it. Let's just get in the nitty gritty of the mountain West. And I want to start with the top tier of the mountain West. I personally have Boise state alone in, in a tier of themselves. And I think there's a, at least notable gap between them and Fresno state. I have Boise state about three and a half points higher than Fresno on a, on a neutral field, but Fresno State's strength, of schedule is 35 points higher almost than uh, Boise's it's it's easier I should say 35 spots easier than Boise's because Boise plays Washington UCF and Memphis in the non-con but what is your top tier and how do you kind of see this conference from the top down yeah I see it the same as you Brett I've got Boise State in that tier by themselves and the way I do it is I'm looking at using my power ratings I'm able to generate uh, a projected point spread for every game and then Using the projected point spread, you can plug it into a win expectancy model and generate um, win probabilities for each game and then ultimately multiplying those together, uh, win totals for teams, whether that's um, total in the regular season or conference totals. And so the way I approach looking at a conference, uh, Mountain West is no exception, is what are my projected conference wins for every single team? And then I'm able to take those and assign a percent probability to make the conference championship game. When we're looking at the Mountain West, I've got Boise State at 6.2 average conference wins. That's a 63% chance to make the conference championship game. The next closest team to them is Fresno State, you mentioned. 5.3 average wins, 36% chance to make it. That's a big gap, so that's where I draw my first line. But I've got Air Force right there with Fresno State, 5.2. So just 0.1 conference wins fewer than Fresno State and a 34% chance to make the conference championship game. That's only two percentage points lower than Fresno. So for me, it's Boise State in Tier 1, it's Fresno and Air Force in Tier 2, and then a little bit farther down to a couple other teams. But I've got Boise in a league of their own. Um, And they do have a tough non-conference, especially for uh, Mountain West or Group of Five uh, standards. So it'll be curious to see how they can do early in the season. Are they going to get momentum and build that into the the Mountain West conference schedule? Or are they going to crumble and be limping into that season? Because if they are, and if they take some beatings early on, it could look a little different just from the psyche of, you know, 18 to 22-year-old kids. Well, I hope that's not the case because the first point of discussion here is I took them at plus 220 to win the conference. Like we said, we both agreed they're in a tier by themselves. So if you're giving me 220 on that, I'm definitely going to take it. And I know it's tough, you know, it's it's often a, a logic fallacy to say, hey, I think they can make the conference championship, so I'm going to bet them to win the conference because you still have to win the conference championship game. And in the Mountain West, they play these at home sites. You know, Boise State hosted it last year. I think it was like 25 degrees and Fresno State came in and kicked their behinds. 
But, you know, if you have to go to an Air Force or you have to play in Laramie or San Diego or wherever they're playing, they're not guaranteed to win that either. So you do have to kind of tread lightly. I do think that they would be a at least notable favorite, maybe field goal or more uh, against really any opponent that they would meet in that conference championship. So that's why I took them plus 220 to win. Their quarterback, if you're not familiar with this guy, familiarize yourself with him, Taylor Green. Six foot six, 220 pounds. He was actually 20th in the entire country in total EPA last year. Uh, like above notable, above Bryce Young, he was in that, which is pretty good. I think he's one of the better rising sophomores in the country. Again, 6'6, 220, phenomenal athlete and pretty good thrower, too. They also returned their running back, 1,000, uh, sorry, 1,100 yard rusher. Uh, three returning starters on the offensive line, which should be one of the top units, I think, in the, in the Mountain West, if not the top unit. Air Force definitely will give them a run for their money in terms of offensive line strength. And uh, Phil Steele, I love his unit rankings. I really do lean on these for some of my assessments. He ranks all of Boise State's offensive units either one or he put Air Force's offensive line one, so he put Boise's number two. Their defensive line ranks number one in terms of unit and their defensive backcourt at three. So this is a pretty good team in the conference, and I can see why they sit in their own tier. But, uh, you know, expound on that. What are you expecting from Boise State this year? Yeah, Boise State, to me, um, they're going to be slightly better than last year. That's how I'm projecting. But the context for Boise State is that this year's projections and last year's actuals are the two worst years in terms of K-Ford power ratings in the past decade plus for Boise State football. So with conference realignment being so hot, today and and in this era of college football, Boise State, the program picked like the worst time to have a downturn. If you would have been having conference realignment in the the two the aughts in the early 2010s, no team was hotter from a G5 perspective than Boise State. And so now that's cooled a bit, but they still are the best team in the conference. I'm projecting that this year. They have the best offense, the number two defense. Um I have them favored in every single conference game with the most difficult projecting as at Fresno State, a team we've been talking about. Um, I, I currently like Boise by about a field goal in that game. That's in Week 10. But again, that's that's on the road, and I have them as a, as a field goal favorite. So if they're getting that championship game at home, and we said Fresno State's the number two team and you're favorite on the road, they're certainly going to be favored by you know almost a touchdown at home there. Uh, if they can win at Washington in Week 1, and my numbers have the Washington line at about Washington minus 12, if they can win that game, and then home to UCF in week two. And that one's much closer. I've got UCF favored by about two. There's a path to a 12-0 season. I'm not saying it's likely that they're even going to get to that point. But if they can somehow manage a way to start the year 2-0, there's a path to a 12-0 season. Their most likely record for me is 8-4 or 9-3. and um, About a 20% chance to win 10-plus games. But I definitely think this is the team that my numbers kind of nailed last year, winning nine games. That was exactly what I had projected. So good feel for this team last year. Think they're going to be, you know, slightly improved, but still by the historical, recent historical Boise State standards, maybe not what we're used to, but still going to be good enough for the Mountain West by my numbers. Yeah, and I think the market agrees with you on this. I think you have a good temperature of this team again coming into this year because they did open with the win total at nine. That's fallen to seven and a half with really heavy juice on over seven and a half. I make them for about 8.2 wins. Boy, that's hot in the street saying if they can come out and, and, and win at Washington. I think I'm a bit higher on Washington maybe than you are here. I favor the Huskies by 15.4 at home. Uh, and just in general, the, my, my overall temperature of Washington, I, I, I think they're going to be great. 
I think they're going to be electric. But that's another discussion for another day. Let's talk about the second team that we have here in the Mountain West, Fresno State. They have a pretty easy schedule this year. I have them as 122nd most difficult. Or if you're looking at it from the bottom up, we're talking about the 11th easiest. Uh, I I do put them a tier below, but that doesn't mean that they're going to win a a lot fewer games. That doesn't mean that they're going to win fewer games at all. I actually took over 7.5 wins because of their strength of schedule. But what do you see uh, on Fresno State? Yeah, I agree with you. I've got Fresno with the 116th most difficult, so within the top, you know, 15 easiest there. Um, I also agree with you on the the win total assessment because of that schedule. For me, I know you said Boise State 8.2. I had Boise State 8.3. Fresno State, though, is 8.0. So, I mean, it's very, very close there because of this schedule. So, I have them number 66 nationally. They are the second best team in the Mountain West, as, as I've shared. Um, second best offense, top four defense by my numbers. Um, they face only the 124th most difficult collection of opposing FBS offenses. So if we looked at every single team schedule and said, let's look at the offenses they face and the defenses they face and stack them up against everybody else's schedule, there's only not even 10 teams that face an easier collection on average week in, week out of opposing FBS offenses than Fresno State. So the fact that they have this top 60 defense could be amplified in that regard. Four conference games with a projected spread of a field goal or less, plus a non-conference game against Arizona State that falls in that category. Nevada, UNLV, New Mexico, those games should be wins for this Fresno State team. But outside of that, Every other conference game, all of the five, could go either way. I've got a 64% chance to match or exceed last year's regular season win total of eight. So with you betting the over of 7.5, 64% chance that my numbers uh, can get behind that with you. That's a pretty good if you're playing odds and trying to find value. So I like it. It's largely driven by the schedule. But this still is a good Fresno State team within the context of the Mountain West Conference. So don't want to take that away from them. We do, I do have them favored uh, to make that conference championship game. Um, they get Boise at home in the regular season, as I talk about during the Boise segment. If they can find a way to win that one, you know, they've really put themselves in a position to, can we then host that game? And I know it's hard to beat a team twice in any given year. Uh, we saw Utah do it to USC last year. Um, but if Fresno can get that champ game at home, I certainly like their odds because uh, you don't want to go too Boise, as you mentioned, uh, in the first week of December. That's not going to be good for a team from Fresno, California. Yeah, it, it, if you want a gut check on this, or I guess a devil's advocate, or or something that makes me a little uneasy about that over seven and a half, you just look at them last year, and it's, this isn't completely backwards looking, but look at them last year without Jake Hayner. Jake Hayner mattered a lot to that power rating, to that point spread every week. They bring in Mikey Keene from UCF. I don't know that he's that guy to me. I'm not super excited about him. So if this Fresno State team was led by Jake Hayner, carried, I should say, by Jake Hayner, then this bet could go south quickly. Uh, And I think we'll know that in the first couple of weeks. So maybe we'll take another uh, temperature check of Fresno State here soon. But I do like over 7.5, and I do certainly like to hear 64% chance of going at 8 or over. So I, I do appreciate that. Your team that you had solely in the second tier along with Fresno State here, Air Force. What's the deal with Air Force? Air Force, it's interesting because it's projecting as the worst Air Force team for me and my power rating since 2018, but they still are number three in the Mountain West, as, as I talked about. So 
to me, this is a, it's a it's a really good defense. And Air Force, the the academies are always hard to judge on offense and defense because of the style of play that they have. But my numbers are adjusted for opponent. They're adjusted for style, tempo, um, and we're really going off of efficiencies. And so this is a top 35 defense. It's the best in the conference. The Falcons face the easiest collection of opposing FBS offenses in the country. I talked about what Fresno State is facing and how easy it is. No one faces an easier week-in, week-out opponent offense than Air Force. So the fact they have this really good defense and they're playing not-so-great offenses, the worst in the country on average, things could fall right for Air Force this year. They're at Boise State, um, who projects number 72 on offense in the final week of the regular season. That's the only opponent that's projected in the top 85 on offense by my numbers right now. On the flip side of this, Air Force's offense itself is pretty darn bad. They're sub-100, number five in the Mountain West. Um, It's a really rough schedule. I I like looking at scheduling dynamics, and that's not necessarily accounted for in my numbers, but it's the subjective kind of viewer liberties that you'll take when you look at it. It's a rough schedule for weeks 8 to 11. It's a four-week stretch where they go at Navy, at Colorado State, neutral versus Army. That's always a, a good, fun, interesting, tough game. And then at Hawaii. So you're not playing a home game for four straight weeks, um, but still projecting an underdog in only one game at Boise State to end the year, eight and a half points. And they avoid Fresno State in the regular season. I think that's important because as we're talking about, you know, trying to get into that conference championship game, if you're not playing the most difficult teams, you're obviously giving yourself a better chance. Uh, 8.3 average wins are expected here. Uh, last year, they got nine regular season wins. There's only a 47% chance that they match or exceed that this year. So I expect this to be a similar record to last year, maybe slightly worse, uh, but a probably significantly worse team. But the schedule just sets up really nicely for Air Force here in 2023. And maybe something actionable to take away from that, because I, I make them for 8.3 wins. That's right on par with their current win total of eight and a half. So I wouldn't bet it one way or another. But maybe an actionable bit of information here is they're going to have low totals, but maybe not low enough, especially if they're playing just a cast of nobodies on offense and then their own offense, you know, you just said is is outside the top 100. Maybe, especially early in the season before we can really gauge, you know, sportsbooks catch up with it if they're slow to react, maybe it's worth looking at a bunch of unders for these guys. You know, they do lose uh, Hazik Daniels, who was a serious gamer for them at quarterback. He tried to get a waiver. I guess he, he was kind of in rough-ish standing, I think is the rumor, with the academy. But I don't know if that checks out because he's actually helping coach this year. He's helping advise uh, with that. But let's let's see if his loss at quarterback was really all that big. Again, Brad Roberts was the guy they turn around and hand off 36 times a game for 145 yards and three touchdowns. He's gone. So we'll see really what this uh, team can do. If there is reason for optimism offensively, though, is that this offensive line should be one of the best in the conference, if not even the best, one of the best in the country. So maybe you could stick one of us back there and we'd be able to run for 50 yards you know, in a game or five yards a carry or whatever have you, especially in that uh, option offense, even though they do pass the most out of that. It's interesting, though. Like you said, they, they could be rated low outside the top half, but you know, still finish with nine or maybe even 10 wins come season end. So we'll see. I think they're an interesting team to, uh, to watch here. You're listening to the lines.com podcast network. Looking for the latest player props and the best betting odds from the top U S sports books all in one place. Then join us right here every day this season for free picks and best bets from the sports betting experts you can trust. 
Check out the Lines.com NFL Megapod as Matt Brown, Stephen Andrus, and Adam Candy break down every game for this weekend's football slate. Join the Coast to Coast podcast crew Mondays through Fridays as Nate Weitzer and Josh Lander bring you the best player props and game lines for Major League Baseball, the NBA, and the NFL. And tune in to Beat the Closing Line twice a week as Nicole Russo, Mo Nawara, and Eli Hershkovich dive into NFL opening lines, plus special guests from the sports betting world. So subscribe, rate, and review to the Lines Podcast Network, the source you can trust to make you a better sports better. Bet basketball, baseball, or hockey with a risk-free bet up to $600 at BetMGM. Sign up and use bonus code THELINES and you're on your way with the king of sportsbooks. Get the BetMGM app today and use promo code THELINES to make a risk-free bet up to $600. This is a new customer offer. Paid in free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years or older to wager. Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia only excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call one 800 522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada, and Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. And 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa and Tennessee. Call or text the red line at 800-889-9789. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. Are there any teams outside of these top three that you see as potential, let's say, disruptors? Maybe not conference champions or what have you, but just disruptors that maybe could shake things up. Yeah, for me, the the next tier there in the Mountain West is probably a half step behind tier two, which has Fresno and Air Force. San Diego State and Wyoming, they're the next couple uh, they have a 21 and 18% chance to make the conference championship game respectively. So, you know, one in five chance. That's not unheard of, but they're both uh, they're both kind of on the outside looking in. Uh, they're a tier below those two, but um, they could make they, they could make some runs and uh, you never know what's going to happen in a conference like the Mountain West. If someone stumbles, they're probably the teams that are next up for me. But again, I'm not expecting a lot. Both of them right now projecting 47 uh, conference wins, which again is about a half game behind Air Force, who sits number three for me. Yeah, I'd like Wyoming a whole lot more if they weren't one of the worst fourth down teams in the country. <laughs> and Craig Bowl, yeah, I, hates, I can't come to their defense there. He yeah. hates going for fourth down. Colorado just went under a massive change offensively. Deion Sanders, I know, is definitely going forward on fourth down. He's, you know, Sean Lewis will definitely want to go for on fourth down. So now that puts Wyoming as the worst fourth down team in terms of in terms of go rate and uh, Bill Conley's fourth down profit metric, which I think is awesome. I, I will plug his stuff for a minute. You have to go look at that. Uh, it was a great read. But Craig Bull, without a doubt, Bill, he, everything yeah. Bill puts out is a great read. I have no yeah. problem problem saying that. He's a godfather in the space, as I mentioned before on on various previews. But I'm with you. In today's day and age of college football, there's a couple things you have to do, it seems like, if you want to be successful. One of them is going for it on fourth down. Even when the numbers are saying kind of it's a toss-up, you're still probably better off going for it. It's a tired narrative for me. Like I I don't like the fourth down discourse because we've had it at nauseum over the last few years, but that doesn't mean it's not the right move. And so, yeah, Wyoming, not good at making that decision or pulling the trigger on that. They also face a tough schedule, too, which – I mean, part of that's driven by going to Texas in week three. That's going to make any G5 schedule look a a lot more difficult than maybe it is um, over the course of an average game. But uh, it's the second most difficult schedule in the conference by my numbers. So 
for them to, we're talking about outside disruptors. They could be, but for these reasons, it's unlikely, but um, we're looking for a team that could maybe be there, and, and they're certainly one of them. Sure, but I think they have a good team makeup for maybe a toe-stubbing, for a team that's a lot better than they are that show up and run into a brick wall of a defense. Uh, you know, Wyoming's not going to pass the ball on you, and they're not going to go for fourth down. And those are two pretty key things to winning in college football. They also lost their top offense lineman to USC, which really kind of hurt to uh, to see there. Uh, that was disappointing. But, you know, that doesn't mean that, you know, on a Friday night, if uh, Boise State, or they play at Boise State, but, you know, like a, a team like that comes to town, Texas Tech in week one, <laughs> and, you know, just stubs their toe against them. And maybe it's not an outright upset win. But, you know, those are opportunities to be able to, uh, to to grab point spreads. Which, by the way, Texas Tech, 13 and a half. I'm going to bet Texas Tech. Uh, I'm just waiting to make sure nobody gets hurt in camp first. But I, I think Tech comes in there and, and rolls them because they play at, at uh, Elevation and Lubbock as well. Is, is that what the Vegas line is, 13 and a half? It's 13 and a half. They will not, wow, put, it, they will not put it 14. See, I don't even... I, Again, I'm not even looking at Vegas's numbers. Like I compare it when I have time and I want to make sure I come in the ballpark, but I make my own numbers. My number right now for Wyoming Texas Tech, 13 and a half. So wow. I'm right there with Vegas. I, I wouldn't have a strong lean one way or the other, but I get the inclination or the, the tendency folks might have to take Texas Tech there, just given how strong I think Texas Tech might be this year. And I'm sure we'll talk about that more on, on, a, on a Big 12 uh, preview. Yeah, and, and we'll talk about the game specifically once we start getting around to previewing these games because – that's a fascinating one. Uh, I wanted to talk about Nevada. I think this is an interesting case study in riding waves. So before last year, Nevada saw everything leave. Their head coach left. Their NFL caliber quarterback left. Carson Strong. They were gutted. And yet they had like, so I don't remember the exact number, but something around a seven win total. And I'm like, that's a mistake. And I bet under that. And it comfortably went under. I mean, that was, I, there were no sweats during last season. So now they come back out this year and give them a win total at two and a half. Well, that was a massive misprice. That's not still on the board. Spoiler alert. I'm sorry about that. That has gone up since then. I was able to grab two and a half, uh, which is, which is fun because I was listening to uh, another great, college football better Brad Powers who said I didn't even get two and a half so I was pretty excited to be on DraftKings at like 8 15 in the morning eastern just when they dropped it uh yeah that was a huge misprice and that's kind of a thing of like hey if there's a team that the market really severely missed on last year prepare for them to overcompensate the next year and savvy betters even if you don't have necessarily you, you know Nevada like with the with the if plus three and a half over their, their win total that's still worth taking because the market is simply overreacting. And now we corrected that, which is great, but Nevada over two and a half. I have two sickos bets this week, and this is the first one. What's your take on Nevada? Yeah, I'll start with last year. You had them under seven. I had projected last year five. I'm looking at my real estate expectations for 2022. I projected it looks like 5.2 in the preseason. So I certainly would have been on an under seven there. Of course, they only got two. So that minus 3.2 differential, that grades out as one of the biggest underachievers in the entire country last year, but comfortably in the under as we would have expected coming in. 
I agree with you. This is a complete overcorrection. It's, it makes perfect sense why it's no longer there because of all the bets that you've talked about, Brett, that you've been placing on the previews that we've done to date, and we've done almost every G5 now, just the Sun Belt left to go, this is the one that has stood out as an absolute steal. I have a 92% chance that Nevada wow. wins three-plus games this year. I mean, there is an 8% chance that you're not going to win this bet. In the betting world, I mean, you should have – if I'm you, which I'm not and I don't do this, but if someone put down 10 units on Nevada under – or over 2.5, excuse me, I'm like, yep, I can get behind that one because I'm, I'm looking at a 92 number here. So if you just look at their schedule, Idaho in week two, New Mexico week nine, Hawaii week 10, all those games at home, my numbers favor Nevada by at least five and a half in each of those games. That doesn't even count the pick them against UNLV in week seven at Texas State, uh, underdog by one in week four. If you just win the games you're favored in, which that's a big if in college football, we know that, but just win the three games you're favored in, that's assuming you don't pull any other upsets or win a pick or win a plus one, you've already done it. Like, there's a chance, Brett, that you are already over your two and a half by week seven when they have played six games. They could be three and three conceivably after week seven with a bye at week six, and you're already feeling really good. That would be great. I would love to be able to do that. I So I don't do this on my feet. I usually set aside a specific percentage of my bankrolls to make these bets. I did put a full unit play on over two and a half because I just saw no chance. Uh, no, that makes me feel really good. 92%. That's kind of fun to laugh at, but that's not really me being sharp. That's just the market was just so wrong on that. Take that it. was just a, that, that was a mistake. Uh, and one thing is a fact here. Nevada's quarterback play cannot and will not get worse than it was last year. Uh, they get Brendan Lewis, who I believe was a Colorado quarterback from last year who was not great, but certainly not what they had. It was, I don't see it how was, they can get worse. It was rough for Nevada, and it's still projecting to be rough. I mean, I'm looking at the 122nd projected offensive unit, but like you said, it's, that's an improvement, and when you're that low, it's hard to go the other way. So, yeah, Feel really good about this one. Nevada's not going to light the world on fire. I do have a 26% chance to go bowling. So, you know, a one in four chance to go bowling for a team where you got a number at two and a half. Like, there's something there. So you're looking at most likely four or five wins. But uh, again, for a team that won two last year and underachieved greatly, I think they're they're progressing to the mean a little bit. And just for some actionable bit that is up to four now, there is juice on that four but if you have them at, you know, potential for bowling, then then maybe we could get on board with maybe a four, potentially. I, I, I still like four. I've got a 51. Like four? And, you, and you, you can find this all on my website, k4ratings.com. I, I got a 51% chance that Nevada wins five plus games. And so if and that's a 25% chance to hit exactly four. So you're pushing. And then a 51% chance to go over that. I mean, you're only looking at a 24% chance to lose, which, and, and if you're, when you're gambling, which is what it is, you're going to have to accept some level of risk. That's a pretty low level of risk and some significant value, even at four. So I, I think the market still hasn't quite come back to where they should be on this team. And um, yeah, we'll see, certainly. But even at four, I think there's some value. I'll, I'll say it then. I have Nevada for 5.1 wins. I would take over four. If you really want to, potentially push it you can get plus money for four and a half i'd probably roll with the four 125 at, at, at DraftKings. that's probably the safer bet because you get like you said that what 26 percent chance to push 29 percent chance to push 
Yeah, I, I pull I pull the brakes at four. I go over that at your own peril, but yeah. And then uh, Sicko's bet number two of the podcast because again we're just we're just rolling on this train. I took Hawaii at over three and a half wins. There is a very big reason why I took them at this number, and it, it does have to do with the the projected wins that I have for them. They play thirteen games in the regular season, which means you're getting thirteen chances to hit four wins they do this every year i'm pretty sure uh and they play the 117th toughest schedule in the nation by my numbers i make them for five and a half wins they're not going to be a very good football team but with a favorable schedule and an even more favorable 13 games to get your four wins that's why i bet it there it didn't feel good they don't have a very good quarterback but what do you – where do you sit on a Hawaii this year? Yeah, Hawaii uh, play 13 games every year. They have, have a provision within the NCAA, you know, rules about this, and so they're able to do that, and any team that plays them can take advantage of it too. New Mexico State is taking advantage this year playing a 13th game. I, I'm a little bit more reserved than you on these. I have a slightly more difficult schedule, 109th, so still not difficult, but 109th most difficult a slightly lower projected win total of 4.2. All of that said, I still have a 68% chance to win four plus games. So you have over three and a half, 68% chance. It's not 92 like Nevada, but that's just, (laughs) that's a unicorn. You got 68%. That's really good value. I I can see it there. It's, it's hard to like pinpoint the wins, you know, you university of Albany and week two is an FCS. You, You like them there. New Mexico State in week four, probably like them there. At New Mexico in week eight, my numbers like Hawaii by one there. So it's not as easy to find the exact wins as maybe it was with Nevada. But again, you're hoping you can get those three, at least two of them, and then pull off just one or two upsets is all you'd need. Uh, and there's some toss-up games that they can get. So this might be one that you're sweating until week 13 when they host Colorado State. But at the end of the day, I think over the course of a 13-game regular season schedule, they can get there. Yeah, and three and a half is still available. Again, I don't like being on the side of no market movement or movement away from my bet, but it is still available there for those who are looking for it. Uh, yeah, I, I again, I have the five and a half. I don't always agree with the numbers that are in front of me. Sometimes you can use a little bit of context. Sometimes it's it's uh, program culture. Sometimes it's just a little bit of common sense where you can look at it. Five and a half is, is too high for me. Like if this number jumped to four and a half, I would not say, hey, bet over four and a half. Uh, I like your number quite a bit more there. And just a side nugget, uh, Hawaii is one of 26 teams nationally to return their head coach, their primary starting quarterback, and both coordinators this year. So that's kind of fun. A little bit of continuity, which is desperately needed after this program was just absolutely gutted uh, by Todd Graham not long ago. That's not nothing. I like that. Yeah. Uh, It's not nothing, but uh, quarterback Braden Traeger, no good. 50, 55.3% completion last year. We'd like to see an improvement on that. Uh, he, he was tough to watch when you could watch Hawaii football because uh, good luck with that too, unless you're paying like, what is it? 60 bucks a pop, I think, to watch those games on TV. Here's all I know about, the, about Hawaii or what I know most about Hawaii is when they play at home, it gives my model uh, fits a little bit because I'm running the new updated power ratings overnight on the computer, letting the computer run and, and solve uh, for what it needs to do and because Hawaii starts their games at 11:59 p.m eastern time here on the east coast I mean trust me if it's on tv I'm up watching it and all that but because of when it 
actually finishes. The data that I need from that game sometimes gets interrupted as the as the model's running. So uh, when they play at home, I wake up extra early on Sunday to make sure no snafus happen and we get the new numbers up by 9 a.m. As, as always. Well, hop on over to our Discord server. If you have not already, you can connect with over 4,000 sports betting fans there. It's a sharp and growing active community because college football season, well, it's here, folks. That's why we're previewing this. You can get live updates in that college football server. We're sharing news. You can find my bets over there as well. Don't forget to subscribe to us here at the lines on YouTube for daily sports betting strategy videos just like this one. And comment your thoughts on the Mountain West. It's a very interesting league. There's a very top-heavy, dense. There's some good teams in here. Let us know where you're leaning on that. Kelly, before we get out of here, please plug where people can find you again. Yeah, of course. I'm excited to be a part of the team here at thelines.com doing the podcast with you, uh, Brett. You can also find me on Twitter at KFordRatings uh, and on my website, KFordRatings.com. So check me out all those places, but uh, glad to be a part of the team at lines.com and looking forward to a great 2023 college football season. Yeah, and we're certainly happy to have you here. Excited to have you here. Everyone listening, please subscribe to us on your podcast app of choice, be it Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, whoever's hosting podcasts these days. Subscribe to us over there. Drop a review if you feel so inclined, if you liked what you heard or if you didn't, but be a little kind to us, please. But thanks, everybody, for watching and listening. I'm Brett Gibbons. That is Kelly Ford, and we'll see you all next time.